said, it seems that we are not convinced. Praise God. I want to just bop up and down. Praise God. When you think that he's been good to us. Praise God. Hallelujah. That brings such joy in us. Amen. We'll sing in the end. Thank you. Uh, we'll look into God's word this morning. We're going to turn to Acts chapter 20. 7 to 12. Today's message is titled, Tragedy to Triumph. Tragedy to Triumph. Acts chapter 20, verses 7 to 12. Now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together, and in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep, and as Paul continued to speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down, fell on him, and embracing him said, Do not trouble yourself, for his life is in him. Now, when he had come up, had broken bread and eaten and taken a long while, even till daybreak, he departed. And they brought the young man in alive, and they were not a little comforted. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives. We pray that the grace and the glory of God's word will be revealed. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word. We bind them in Jesus' name, and we take victory this morning. To Christ be the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Amen. From tragedy to triumph. I think we have witnessed a lot of tragedies around us. And there might be people who have actually experienced tragedy in their lives. Lives are filled with triumphs, but there are occasions of tragedies also that fill people's life. Praise the Lord. But as we look into the scriptures, we can see that the grace of God and the power of God can turn any tragedy into triumph. Praise God. And so before us unfolds a tragedy that turned into a triumph. And it is our prayer that any tragedy that comes about in our lives, God by his power and his grace would turn it into triumph. Praise God. Even things that we don't understand God is able to bring about a U-turn, praise God. Because the scripture reminds us that all things work together unto good to them that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Praise God. Think about some tragedies that have occurred in our nation. So many of them. 
Our memories can flood with tragedies that have happened around our state, around our city, at sometimes even in our own lives. How do those tragedies conclude? How do they come to an end? Praise God. Sometimes we stand helpless. Sometimes we stand hopeless. Sometimes we have no answer to the things that transpire in our lives. This particular event that unfolded before us, it did not happen in a marketplace. It did not happen out in the busy street, but it happened in the tranquility of an assembly, in a fellowship, in a church where someone like Paul was ministering and preaching the word of God. Praise God. Tragedy can strike in places and in times that are least expected. Praise God. At the least expected time, in the least expected places. But sometimes people set themselves up or they put themselves in awkward position. They put themselves in harm's way and unfortunately reap the, the results of their actions in life. Here as this particular portion unfolds, Paul and his team are on their way to Jerusalem. And they decided they're going to take a small break in Troas and spend one week there. And the Bible says on the first day of the week, they came together to break bread. And it was a practice of the early church that on the first day of the week, that is the resurrection day, with the church coming in place, we see there is a transition from the Sabbath to the resurrection day. From the last day of the week, praise the Lord, to the first day of the week, praise God, resurrection day, they came together to break bread, meaning to remember the suffering and the death of the Lord Jesus, to commemorate that and to worship the Lord. And in this particular worship service, we see that Apostle Paul was part of the service and he started to minister God's word. It is very interesting to see that as the Bible tells us that Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. This is where we preachers, we glean. You know, we think that we have the permission in God's word to keep going on and on and on and on. Because we look at the scripture and say, if Paul can go all the way to midnight, nonstop, then, you know, we can also go. Praise the Lord. But then we see that a tragedy strikes here. Praise the Lord. As this man continues to preach, the Bible, Luke, the writer, is giving a small description. He says that they were seated in a well-lit hall or a prayer room that was well-lit. The church was facing a lot of accusation. 
the church had a lot of enemies and the church was the church was a talk of the town when the church becomes vibrant when the church becomes active when the church is bringing in souls we need to understand that people will talk not all the talk is always good praise god as christians also when we are living the life that jesus wants us to live people will talk about us they might not be all good all the time but through the talk through the gossip god has called to press on god has called us to continue the work that he has called us out to and historian says that the place was well lit so that anybody can see what was going on the church was accused of couple of things one the church talked about agape love there was a lot of talk about love in the church and the world misunderstood what love that the church was talking about in a world that is full of immorality they looked at the church that talked about love 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 and they thought misinterpreted is at is as as promiscuous sexuality that prevailed within the church that was a wrong impression the world had about the church can you believe the church talks about agape love god's love and a perverted kind of love is what comes in the minds of people then the church talked about communion the church talked about eating from remembering the body of christ and the blood of jesus christ taking part in the bread and the wine and the world misinterpreted it as as the church practicing cannibalism when all these things the accusations are going on we need to understand the church kept on pressing on praise the lord but when a tragedy hits it is material for the world to talk ill about the church and before us we see an unveiling it's talking about a young man named Eutychus and the bible here in acts talks about different young men i don't know how many of you guys remember some young men in the book of acts do you know that there are some young men uh, that the bible talks about in the book of acts one was paul himself when stephen was being thrown stoned the bible says people who were stoning stephen put laid their garments under the feet of a young man named saul praise the lord then there is another young man that the bible talks about it is the nephew of paul that came to the rescue by bringing in a timely word to the centurion about the threat on Paul's life here we see this is another young man full of life full of promises if you're a young man i want to remind you that you are full of life you are full of promises every time i look at a young person i look at them and i think that they are a book awaiting to be written full of promises full of potentials full of hallelujah 
ability to soar into new heights. Likewise, a young man named Eutychus was part of the service. He was attending the worship service and he was listening to Pastor Paul as he was ministering. But unfortunately, Pastor Paul went on and on and on because he had so much to impart to the body of Christ. Unlike today, in our lifetime, we have recordings, we have iPods, we have so many other devices and mechanisms and technologies that are available that we can hear the word over and over and over again. Those days where, where things were different. Paul, you might meet him once in a lifetime or two times in a lifetime and you would never know when he will come back. So the church took advantage of it. Paul took advantage of it and the Bible said that he kept on talking on and on. And I want to draw your attention to this young man who is full of promises. Praise the Lord. He is in the best place. You know what is the best place to be always? The best place to be always is to be seated under the preaching of God's word. That's the best place that we can pick. Why? Paul writing to Timothy says how Timothy has known the scriptures from the infancy with scriptures that are able to make him wise unto salvation. Praise the Lord. When we put ourselves under the preaching of God's word, under the ministry of God's word, when we place ourselves, our families, our children, and we make room and we make time to hear from God's word, the Bible says that makes us wise unto salvation. Listen, the greatest blessing that you and I can get in this part of this world, praise the Lord, on this earth is to become wise unto salvation. I don't know about you. I want every one of us to be wise. But here the Bible is talking about wise unto salvation. And all of us should be wise unto salvation. Meaning, we ought to be sure that we are saved. Praise God. Hallelujah. And it is possible when we fill ourselves with the word of God. When we give room for the word of God. Not only to go through our ears, but settle in our hearts. And bring forth the kind of change that God desires from our life. For it is the word of God that enriches our lives, that establishes our lives, that equips our life so that we become everything that God wants us to be. It is the word of God that stimulates us, that empowers us to become wise unto salvation. And remember the potential and the promise that we talked about. It is the word of God that allows us to touch, to reach that potential that God has planned for our lives. Praise God. Because the Bible says the word does something. What does the word do? 
Paul writing to the Romans says, the word does what? It generates within us faith. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And the Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. So we want to have faith to please God. Not only that, remember the potential that is locked into our lives. If we want to tap into the potentials that are locked into our lives, if we want to tap into the potentials that are within us, we need to have a faith in God who does great things for our lives. Praise God. Because faith allows us to see the invisible. The Bible says, Moses saw the invisible one. Praise God. Faith allows us to see into the realms of the invisible. Our lives are littered with visible stuff that draws our attention, that allures us, that beckons us, that calls us. Amidst all these things that are visible, there is an invisible realm, the realm of God. And you can only see the invisible when you have eyes of faith. And the eyes of faith, they are enlightened and they sparkle and they can see cut through the visible into the invisible realm. And to see what God has in store for us. Faith allows us to see the invisible. Praise the Lord. Faith also allows us to hear the inaudible. That's why Jesus said, listen, what he said. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. What the Spirit has to say whispers in our spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When the Lord speaks to us, it's not always booming thunder voice, but at times it is a still small voice in our spirit. And we have to cultivate a discipline and a habit to hear the voice of God, to discern the voice of God, to understand the voice of God. And we need to have faith to hear the inaudible. Praise the Lord. The small whispering of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, it believes faith allows us to believe in incredible things praise the lord everything about god is incredible praise the lord god is an awesome god quite often we have a very small insight about god we have a very small opinions about god but as we dig into god's word and as we allow the telescope of god's word through faith we are able to see how awesome god is how great god is how powerful god is how wise god is praise god and by faith we are able, praise the Lord, to believe in the incredible things 
that God has in store for us. Unfortunately, we can find everything about God to our worship services, to our spiritual gathering. But if you would allow God to minister into every arena of our lives, he is able to download wisdom within us and to see the incredible things that God can do through us. Praise the Lord. Men and women of God who have believed God, who had trust in God, who had faith in God, were people who turned the world upside down, who donated, praise God, discovered things that was hidden from others because they believed in a God who did incredible things and they allowed the wisdom of God to settle into them so that they can do great and mighty things. Praise the Lord. Innovations are awaiting. Praise God. Promises are waiting. Potentials are waiting. And when we have faith, we can see the invisible, attempt the impossible. Praise God. Believe in an incredible God who is able to do incredible things through us. We have to believe that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Faith can do the impossible. Praise God. No wonder the writer of Hebrew had so much to say about the faith of great men and women of God. Drawing our attention to this young man full of promise and potential. Being in the right place. Praise the Lord. He is in the right place under the preaching of God's word. But we see there is a tragedy that occurs there. And we see the reason for the tragedy as Luke puts it down for us in verse 9. And I draw your attention to verse 9. And I want you to pay close attention as we un unwrap verse 9 for us. And in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep. And as Paul continued to speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. Hey, that's a tragedy. And what is the reason for the tragedy? Praise the Lord. He was seated in the best place. He was in the best place. But he was seated in a place that opened up a tragedy. Praise God. Look at this guy, young man. Hmm? Full of promises, full of pretension. He's seated on a window. Now, it's not like this seated on this window. Because if you were to tilt to the left or to the right, how far can you go? I mean, you don't want to fall from that window down there on the other side. It might be wet and it might just mess up your suit. But this is the Bible says it was where? It was up. How high? Third story. On a third floor window. Imagine that. No railing, no window, um, no glass covering, nothing seated at the window. It's probably nice 
it's probably, it's, it's dark, definitely. The lights are on. The wind is coming, probably is getting some nice fresh air. It was not air conditioned. Probably it was warm and probably was taken in the nice fresh air. Seated at the window. The meeting's going late into the night, you know. I am wondering how come this young man decided to position himself in such a place. But then that comes with the age also. When we are young, we are full of life. When we are young, we attempt crazy things. Praise God. We attempt crazy things. Because as young, it's within our nature. We think that we are invincible. We want to be the daredevil. We don't want to take anybody's advice. We are risk takers. We do crazy stuff. You know, it's summer. You go out and you see young men attending crazy stuff. Have you seen people attempting crazy stuff? It is, you see, you look at the young men and say, these guys are men. These guys are nuts, you know. But then that comes with age. And if you were to be true and if you were to confess, you will find that a lot of young people have a lot of secret that they have attempted. Praise God. Some of them are very crazy. Do you want to hear one that I attempted? Yeah, most of nobody said yes, so. Yeah? Yeah or no? Well, since my parents are not here, I'm going to say it. I have attempted a lot of crazy stuff, you know. Uh, I have walked on the on the terrace railing of apartment buildings which with which is as wide as this okay uh, and uh, if my parents were to see it I would have got it and if I would have lost my balance I would not be standing here today I thank God that God sustained me sometimes through our stupidity in life God covers us. And that's not because we are smart, but it's just the grace of God. Imagine, you know, this width, and I'm walking through this on, on, the, on the terrace. If I just lose my balance, boom, I'll go down into hard concrete surface, and that would be the end of me. Praise the Lord. I've done crazy stuff. I've done crazier stuff, which I don't think I want to share here. I don't want to encourage any one of you to look at me, look at me and say, if he is still around, we can. No, that's not a good idea. Don't try it. Don't try dumb things. Now, listen to me. Why am I saying this? This young man was seated on the windowsill, right? He was seated on the window up on third floor. I wonder why he sat. It's okay. I mean, as young people, we don't think, right? We don't think. And even when we become old like me, we still want to refer to ourselves as young. Praise the Lord. That keeps us young at heart. But with time, we become wise. We have to become wise. And you don't take unwanted risk. But when you are in the realms of God, and where faith is involved, 
there is risk also involved. God wants us to be not careless people, but he wants us to trust him and take risk in our faith ventures. That's a different part, but I just want to say that. Okay, coming back to this guy. Imagine, this guy is sitting on that window on the third floor, right? How come nobody said nothing to him? How come nobody said, hey, get up that window? Why? The church is full of people. Everybody's listening. And Bob, probably Paul also saw him sitting there on the window. But nobody said, hey, get up, get up, get up. It's not that we don't advise people, you know. Don't you tell people who are riding a bike, hey, make sure that you put your helmet on, all right? If we tell our children, make sure that you look to the left or the right before you cross the street. Make sure that you walk on the sidewalk. We tell people, as soon as they get in the car, we say, put on the seat belt, you know, because we want to be safe. How come nobody ever said anything to this guy who was seated on the window seat? Do you think that mindset was there in the first century also? And that still prevails within the church. What is that mindset? Well, let everybody live their own lives. Praise the Lord. Then, as Christians, we don't want to offend anyone. Do we want to offend anyone? No. You know, people get offended very easily. You try to correct someone. You try to help someone. You try to redirect someone. They get offended. So we don't want to get off want to offend anyone. We want to be on the right side of the, of, of the book. We want to be on the good books of everyone. So we don't want to offend anyone. So probably nobody said nothing to Eutychus who was sitting on the window. Or probably somebody said something to him and you think he might have looked at them and said, hey, mind your own business, all right? You think that's what it is? I don't know. I don't know if someone said anything or he just ignored what everybody said. But I find it very awkward that a young man was sitting on that window like that and nobody said nothing to him. Praise God. When you see young men putting themselves in danger, when you see young men and young ladies putting themselves in positions and in places where it, where it is life-threatening, what is our outlook? Do we say a word and say, hey, get off. Hey, that's not good. Hey, this is not a wise thing you are doing. Do we say it? Or we have that mindset where we say, well, you know, mind your own business, I'll mind my own business. I'm not going to tell you not to sit on that window and I don't want you to tell me anything when I decide to take a walk on the cliff. Is that what it is? Well, I don't know. Praise the Lord. But you know what? The church needs to have whistleblowers. Uh-uh. You think the church needs whistleblowers? What do you think? What do you think? People come to me all the time and say, Pastor, so and so about the person. 
so and so about the person. I don't look at them and look at them as a snitch. Would you look at them as a snitch? Would you rather give a helping hand and pull someone in or look at the person and say, you're a snitch, you're a whistleblower? I believe that the church needs to have whistleblowers. The church is a community. We watch for each other. We have to watch each other's back. You cannot look at someone going down the drain and have a holy sanctified look and say, praise God, he's going to experience miraculous deliverance. Yes, he's going to experience miraculous deliverance through you. Through you opening your mouth and saying, get out of there. Get out of that relationship. Get out of that mess. Get out of that deal. Get out of that company. That's going to take you downward, spiraling down. That's the miracle that awaits happening. That's when the potential is unlocked. That's when the promises become real. Praise God. God puts you in a place where you are able to see somebody in a very compromised position so that you can give a helping hand, a word that can get them in the right direction. Are we the agent that can bring deliverance in the lives of people who can come down crashing? We are a community. As community, God wants us to watch each other's back. Not just get the information and store it in our memory banks and later recollect it to say, oh yeah, I saw him doing some funny stuff. No. Praise the Lord. That's not what it is for. God puts you in that place so that you can pull them out. But quite often, church is comfortable by saying, Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my sister's keeper? Yes, you are your brother's keeper and you are your sister's keeper because we all are in the same family. As being in the same family, we are supposed to help each other. We are supposed to look out for each other. We are supposed to give a warning, praise the Lord, a heads up about what can happen in people's lives? So, you take us a seated on that window, right? You know? And unfortunate, nobody says nothing. And he's still seated there, but the meeting goes on. Eutychus has the best of two worlds. And most of the time, the Christians want the best of two worlds. You know what's the best of two worlds? What do you think is the best of two worlds? What's the best of two worlds? And quite often, there is an allurement for all believers to have the best of two worlds. For to have the best of two worlds, people position themselves 
on what? On what? On boundaries. Praise the Lord. And so, Eutychus is having the best of both the worlds. He's listening to Paul preaching, and occasionally he looks outside. What's going on outside? Praise the Lord. The windows are open. For us, the windows are always closed. But then we have the windows. We have the Microsoft windows. We have the WhatsApp windows. We have our iPhones with us. We have our YouTube windows. We have our Snapchats and our Instagrams. Even as we are listening to Pastor Finney preach, quite often we are looking through the windows. How many of you looked through the window this morning? Even as the service is going on? Because we want the best of both the worlds. Praise God. So Eutychus is looking out. Paul is preaching about Jesus the superstar. Eutychus is looking into the shooting stars in the dark night. Wow. Paul is speaking about the stars. What stars? The heroes of the Old Testament. Eutychus is looking, gazing into the black, dark sky and he's seeing the stars that are smiling back at him. Slowly and steadily, and now I want you to look at verse 9, how the transition takes place. And there is always a transition. We need to know, praise the Lord. There is always a transition. If we don't arrest the momentum that is going in the wrong direction, there will be a transition that goes into the wrong direction. So verse 9, look at verse 9. And in the window sat a young man, Eutychus, who was sinking into deep sleep. Number one, positioned himself on a very compromising seat. Number two, he was sinking into deep sleep. Praise God. In Christianity, there can be a lethargic state. Bible calls the believers to be alert, be vigilant, awake. Sometimes we get drowsy physically and Spiritually, I want to talk about this deep slumber that we can get into spiritually. How do you know that you are getting into a deep sleep, sinking into a deep sleep? Are you sinking into a deep sleep? Are you? Do you know how it is to feel? Have you ever felt sinking? Have you experienced what sinking is? If you have experienced what sinking is, you know, slowly, steadily, you lose control. You know you're sinking, but you can't pull yourself out. So sinking into a deep sleep. Spiritually, we can sink, and we need to know when we are sinking. What are the telltale signs 
that we are spiritually sinking into deep sleep. Can you identify the telltale signs of one who is spiritually sinking into deep sleep? Come on, let's go. One from the from my left. Can't say this is sister side anymore. All right, from my left. Give me a telltale sign of someone of you sinking in deep spiritual sleep. Huh? Being absent. Okay. Can you connect it to a verse in the Bible? Brothers, here, to my right. Sisters, to the right. Don't give up the fellowship or the assembling of together. The writer of Hebrews says, Hebrews 10, 25, I believe. Praise the Lord. Listen, that is a sign that you are sinking in deep sleep. I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone, but I got to say it. Because if I don't say it, I'm going to leave you on that window. I don't want to leave you. Not, not without saying something. I got to say that you are on the window. If you are, if you are M-I-A. Yep. What else? What else? What else? Telltale sign that you are in, in, you are sinking into sleep. Come on, quick, 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 quick. Huh? Prayerlessness that only you know. You know how is your prayer life. Look at your own life and ask yourself, how much time you pray? And you know, this thing always reminds me how much time I spent on social media, how much time I spent on, on whatever sites, and then how much time I spent on my version Bible. This reminds us, okay? So if there is no prayer, that means that's a sign that I'm sinking in sleep, spiritual deep sleep. I'm going down. What else? You're not reading God's word, no fellowship. All these are signs. And somebody needs to yank us from our lethargy. Say, hey, wake up, man. What's going on? So this guy, he was sinking into deep sleep. The message was so good that everybody's eyes were glued to the preacher and nobody saw what was going on. The guy started falling asleep. The next step, look what happened. The Bible says he was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep. Ooh, what is that? Have you, has it ever happened to you? Overcome by sleep? Any one of you guys sleepwalk? Do you sleepwalk? Anybody here sleepwalk? You know, you guys don't know anything. I mean, you guys Have you ever fallen asleep as you walk? This guy was overcome by sleep, meaning there is a stage when we fight sleep. You're falling asleep, but then you're fighting it off. Those guys who sleep when they are driving. Have you seen them? You just come behind me, I'll show you. While you're driving... You know, if you see somebody hitting the brakes over and over and over again and then going like, like this, you know what the guy is doing. Either he's drunk or he is sleeping. My wife always says, get clear of that guy. 
You know, you don't even want to honk these days because you don't know what's going to come out of that window. Especially everybody's jittery about, you know, uh, First Amendment and all those things. You don't know what's going to come out of the window if you honk at the guy. But imagine, overcome by sleep means you have, there is a fight, there is a pull going on. There is a tug of war going on where you know you can't fall asleep. You can't fall asleep. You're driving. You're behind the wheels. You can't fall asleep. You're sitting on the window. There is danger. You can't fall asleep. You're dozing off and you're fighting. Spiritually, we also know that it is not good. Skipping the fellowships, skipping the prayer meetings, skipping the, the, the prayers, skipping the reading of the Bible, we know it's not good. So we fight up. There is that conscience within us that kicks in. Holy Spirit reminds us. And then when you come to the church, the pastor has got nothing else but to speak about it. And that makes me angry. But then there is this pull going on. There is this pull going on because now you are you are fighting it off and Eutychus was fighting it off but the Bible says he was overcome ha. when you are not alert when you are not vigilant when you are not active what happens there is an overcome praise God he was overcome by sleep so listen first verse he was going down into a deep sleep. He probably tried to fight it off, but the cool air and all these environment around us, you know, that plays a role. You know, that plays a role. That's why I always tell people, Saturday night, get some good sleep. Eat well, get some good sleep. In the morning, have a good breakfast. I don't know why some people just keep this make themselves feel hungry and come. If that's your habit, it's your discipline, it's fine. I like to eat good Sunday morning. Praise God. Because, you know, you when you come into the house, you know, I don't feel famished and, you know, I have no energy to praise God. Lord, I didn't even have a breakfast this morning. Eat something and come, man. You know, when you come and you say, praise God, it's going to be like a bomb that explodes. You know, the fellow is sleeping next next to you, he should wake up. Says, oh, what was that? <laughs> Somebody told me once that, you know, next time, almost next week, almost, I'm never going to sit next to that sister. I said, why? Because that sister is like a firecracker. She just goes on. I said, praise God. May that tribe increase in this house. What do you say? Can you believe that if every one of us is like July 4th fireworks? Boom, boom, boom. Oh, my God. But most of us are overcome by sleep. I want you to look into your own life. Where are you seated? Where are you seated? Are you going diving into deep sleep? Are you overcome? So this man, as he was seated there, he was overcome. Once he was overcome, he's overpowered. Listen, God has called us, us to be overcomers. He has called us to be overcomers. That means anything that comes against us, that wants to capture us, that wants to confine us, that wants to push us down, God wants us to be 
overcomers, overcomer with that. Fight it off. For that we have to be vigilant and alert. For that we have to give room to the Holy Spirit, the power spirit that is within us, that knocks the thing that comes against us. Instead of that, when we are passive, what happened? These elements overcome us. Unfortunately, sleep overcame him. And look what the Bible said next happened. He was overcome by sleep. And as Paul continued to speak, he fell down from third story. Whoa. Guys, listen. Guys seated on the window. Why do you think he felt outward, not inward? Why do you think he felt outside, not inside? If he felt inside, well, but he felt outside. Why? Why do you think he felt outside? He was what? He was looking outside. Very good. What else? Huh? More weight was on the outside. Okay, that's nice. You guys are good. You guys should be preaching the sermon. Give me more points. What else? What else? Huh? The wind. Oh, my goodness. Who said that? The wind. Yeah, that's right, my man. There is a wind. Yeah. There is a wind. But you know what? You always fall to that side where you are leaning on to. You know, if the guy was leaning on to the side, he would only fall on somebody's head. But he was leaning on the other side. As he leaned on the other side and slept, boom! It's good that the church didn't call out a meeting and said, the brother has entered into glory, from glory to glory. Can you imagine? Paul probably was talking about from glory to glory. And he says, here's a live ex example of entering. He was in the glory here. Now he has entered into glory. Is that what he said? No. Boom. The Bible says he went down and he was done. I want you to, amidst all these things, I want you to look how gradually this guy went down. Listen to this. He was exposed to the world, word, but the world pulled him out. He was exposed to the light, but he went down into darkness. He was exposed to what can lift him into the presence of God, but unfortunately, he was pushed into the abyss. Down he went. And this can happen to anyone who is not alert and vigilant. It's more about just falling down from third floor, guys. It's more about living an alert and a vigilant lifestyle. Spiritually, we have to be alert. We have to be vigilant. We have to be awake. And that happens when we expose ourselves to God's word so please come come with your family come with your children expose your kids to God's word because that's going to keep them what that's going to keep them what alert and alive 
praise God. Boom! And the boy, young man down. And that was the end of the potential and the promise. I thank God that the Bible doesn't end there, right? The Bible says, Paul went down, did not do a funeral service there. But the Bible says he fell down on the young man, prayed over him, and brought him back to life. There are a lot of people around us who have fallen into deep sleep and they have fallen down. Praise God. I'm not talking about physical death now. I'm talking about spiritual death. There is no response. There is no ticking. There is no, no momentum. Life is still and down. And God wants us to go down. Go down and do what? Minister to them. Praise God. You know, Paul did not come down on Eutychus. But what did Paul do? Praise the Lord. But went down to Eutychus and ministered to him. Praise the Lord. Instead of coming down on him hard, he went down to him and ministered to him and brought him back to life. And that is what God wants us to do. I want to see, look at yourself and see where you are. Are you seated on the window? If so, come out. Are you going into a deep sleep? Get up. Wake up. Because that's going to take you down. Praise the Lord. Are you the guy who's going to go and tap him on, that, on his shoulders and say, hey, get up. That's a dangerous place to be. Would you be that person in the house of God who will speak out regardless of how the other person feels, what the other person thinks? If you see a person in a compromising position, in a dangerous position, will you speak out and minister to them and get them off the window because they are in a very dangerous place. Praise God. Hallelujah. Paul went and ministered and brought him back to life. What would you think? You know, they would have concluded the service right there and said, let's all go home because another tragedy will happen. No, the Bible says what happened. Now when he had come up, they, they broke the bread and had eaten and taken, talked a long while, even till daybreak. Oh my God, these guys are crazy. Midnight, somebody went down. They did not shut the meeting. What did they do? They went down there, resurrected him, brought him back, and they continued to praise and worship till early morning. And that gives me the, 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 the inspiration to continue this on and on. What do you say? Praise the Lord. Uh-huh. I don't want you guys to fall off the window, but listen. Paul went and ministered to this young man. In the Old Testament, there is another image that is so powerful and so equivalent to remember the woman, Shunammite's woman's son died. And the prophet comes and does what? He falls on this young man. And the Bible says, eye to eye, mouth to mouth, hand to hand, till life imparted from that, hallelujah, into that young man and he was brought alive. You know who can give us life? Jesus can give us life. 
Praise the Lord. They ran spikes through his hands. Praise the Lord. Through his mouth he said, Father, forgive them for they know not. Praise the Lord. His eyes are full of love towards us who fall and falter so that we can come back. He wants to impart life into us so that we can be vibrant, not to go back and sit on that window again, but praise the Lord. Be in the will of God so that the potentials that are locked within us can be unlocked and God's promises become a reality in our lives. From tragedy to triumph, how will your story be written? Praise God. Is there a tragedy in your life? If there is a tragedy in your life, Jesus can turn it into triumph. Praise God. May your story and my story be stories of triumph which brings glory to God. Praise God. Do you know Eutychus does not go down into history as a prey of Satan, but as a prize of Jesus. Praise God. That should be your story and my story. That we are the trophy for Jesus. We are the trophy of God's grace. We reflect what God can do in our lives. For that, we have to become active Alert, vigilant, get off the windowsill and get yourself vibrant in the things of God. All eyes closed. We're going to pray. Father, we give you glory and honor this morning, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you because you can turn any tragedy into triumph, Father. Lord, if there is anyone that's going through tragedy in their life, I want them to see the new lease of life that Jesus gives. Even if they have crashed, I pray that you would lift them up. Lift them up, Father. We don't want any one of us to go down as a prey to the enemy. And that's why you have spoken this word in this house this morning because you want every one of us to be trophy of God's grace. Lord, we pray that we will become people who would encourage people back to the fold, who would correct people back to the fold, who would pull people out of danger. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name.